Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wellness Wake Up. Marissa, in a beautiful background today. Yes, I am home in Chicago. So I decided to sit outside while the weather is still nice and get some of that outside time that we talked about last week. Amazing. So let's jump into our magic moments from the week. What was your magic moment this past week? So I'm home. And yesterday I got to go to the grocery store with my mom, which is my favorite activity ever. Something about being in a Whole Foods that's in a suburb. (laughs) And even when you're not paying for the groceries, feels even better. So I did that. And then we cooked my favorite dinner that she always makes, like this Persian meal. So that was my magic moment. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And it's so true. There's something about being in the suburbs and going to the grocery store. Like whenever I'm visiting my nieces, which like, I guess they live in a suburb now too, but it doesn't feel like that to me. But when I go back east and visit my nieces and we all go to Trader Joe's together, it's like, it's different. It just feels really different. Right. Being at a Trader Joe's in the city, you're like waiting in line before you even have everything you need. You're like running back and forth. as you walk by. Yeah. And it's such a shame. You know, I figured out the random times to go and that doesn't happen, but still the Mm -hmm. suburbs are very nice and cooking at home always feels so good. And like making that meal that, you know, reminds you of being home. And that goes to show that food is so much more than just fuel. I love it. Yeah. So true. Okay. My magic moment is something really dorky. I'm doing a paint by numbers, like huge painting. <laughs> it's this huge flower painting. Carolyn, and what? I know last night, <laughs> one of my best friends did it during quarantine and I was like, Oh, that seems cool. And then I ordered one from Etsy three months ago and it just arrived. It was one of those that I think was from the other side of the world. And yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, last night I was doing it and it's like so meditative. I was having a glass of wine and just like painting. And I'm like, this is so nice. I hadn't thought of my phone or anything in like two or three hours. So, you know, it was good. That's wonderful. And that actually brings up, that's something I talk to people about, you know, when we get in that habit of like boredom eating or just eating because having something like that, that can really occupy your mind in another way when you're not physically hungry is so awesome. I always tell people who are like those control freaks to get one of those adult coloring books where like even the process of staying in the line, it's like so soothing. It's so soothing. And yeah, I'm not like a super artistic or I, that part of me hasn't, like I haven't really tapped into at this moment. <laughs> We're science brains. Yeah, totally. And so something like this, where like you kind of can't mess up that badly and it feels like a little bit artsy too is really, really fun. But then I had to like stretch after because I was like hunched over for hours. <laughs> now so you make me want to sit up a little straighter. Yeah, yeah. It made me want to do like some yin yoga after, which was actually double, doubly a good thing. So <laughs> What a nice night you had. Magic moment for the week. I love that. Well, if you guys had a magic moment, share it in the comments or maybe share it with your partner or your friend or write it in your journal. But it's always great to reflect on those little things that feel really, really super good. So today we are talking about one of our favorite topics to go back and forth with each other on, which is fad diets. So we are going to run through a few of the ones that we hear all the time that we have clients come to us usually post doing and needing a little bit of help. So should we get into it? Absolutely. Okay. Just to set you guys up for what the ones we're going to talk through today, we're going to talk about keto. We're going to talk about vegan. We're going to talk about good old Weight Watchers, AKA WW as like their new rebrand. <laughs> We're going to cover Whole30 and Paleo too. Yes. There's a lot of overlap there. And we'll also just pull some threads out from all of these too and talk about some of the things that we see like that are consistent in all of them and maybe some things that we can take away as just like basic principles for a healthy life. So let's jump yeah. into keto because it's definitely trending right now, maybe making us both a little bit insane. <laughs> so yeah, first thoughts on keto, go for it. 
So my first thought on keto is use a little bit of common sense. Any diet that tells you that a sweet potato is bad and that adding butter and bacon to things is good is usually not the way to go. I think that remembering where keto came from is always super, super important. It was actually developed for children with epilepsy because it works. It actually, you know, we don't really understand the main mechanism, but it must do something in our brains where it helps like stop those neurons from overfiring, which is what results in a seizure. So it was developed years ago for kids with epilepsy and it works really, really well. And we still use that in the hospitals today. And also when I used to work inpatient, we used it in patients who had glioblastomas, which is brain cancer and brain tumors. It actually helps stop the growth. So if you think about that for a second, we use keto when we want to stop our brain from getting excess signals, right? For most of us, we want our brains to get the most energy possible. You know, our brains really thrive on glucose, which is sugar that we get from carbs. So to me, like use the common sense on that, it's probably not meant for everyone. Totally. And especially probably not meant for women, as you guys will find out during our time together, something that like is, is a huge issue is that the majority of research, especially on diets is done on men because their bodies are pretty much the same every day where yeah. women, you know, we really have this 28 day cycle, especially of course, during our like menstruating years. And it's yeah. really important because keto is might work really well for, you know, a 40 year old man trying to lose some weight, but it can actually really mess up women's hormones. When you're on it long-term, we need carbs. We need carbs for energy. We need carbs. They taste delicious. Also so good. They're so good. And, and mainly the biggest problem I see with keto is that it's super temporary for most people. It's impossible to say on long-term, you know, you want to go out to dinner and all of a sudden you might lose weight significantly. Basically when we eat carbs, they bind with water. They can make us hold on to a little bit of extra water weight. So when you cut carbs completely that first week, for sure, you're going to see weight loss, but it's probably going to be mostly water weight. And yeah. then it boomerangs back on the other side of that hundred percent of the time in my experience, yeah. people regain whatever weight they lost and then some. So you're two steps even further back. And yeah, there's really just like no longevity in it, especially because vegetables have carbs in them too. So we're talking about cutting out, you know, veggies with lots of great fiber, lots of micronutrients, lots of yeah. vitamins and minerals. And we need all that stuff. And you're not getting that stuff from bacon fat and cheese. No. And I think, look, we can take little things from all of these. There's nothing wrong with being keto-ish maybe thinking about your blood sugar a little bit more, maybe adding in a lot of those really healthy, nutritious fats like nuts and seeds and olives and mm -hmm. avocado and all those wonderful things. But use a little common sense. If you're going keto by adding bacon and adding butter, it's probably not going to give you the desired health effects that you want, even mm -hmm. if it creates that quick weight loss. You know, if you can't sustain that weight loss, did you ever really lose it in the first place is kind of the way I think about it. Totally. And some, and a funny a side effect too, oftentimes people who are on keto actually notice their body odor really starts to change too. It can make you feel really stinky. So yeah, keto is definitely skippable. I think in both of our opinions, but I think it's interesting too. And we can, we'll definitely in the future talk more about blood sugar and the importance yes. of that. So I'm glad that you bring that up too, because yeah, there are definitely there's information we can take from this and it's important. So let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum and talk about veganism and sort of like plant-based, which I love veggie forward, plant-based eating. Plants should be the majority of our diet, but I think the majority of us also probably need some animal protein and ideally 
really good quality animal protein, probably way smaller amount of animal protein than what we are served at a restaurant meal or we're used to eating. So yeah, I think veganism is great in theory. Of course, we want to be good to the planet, good to animals. And I think also the biologically majority of us, we see like a lot of women who come in, who've been vegan for years and years and who are having fertility issues because from a micronutrient perspective, over time, they got really depleted in things like iron B12. So you can be healthy vegan in my opinion, but it's a lot of effort. Yeah. And I think always assessing why you're vegan. So if I ever have a client that I'm working with and they're vegan, it's not my job to tell you you know, even though you might think it is exactly what to eat or what not to eat, it's really about what works for you, why you're doing things. So what's your motivation behind being vegan? Are you vegan because you think you need to be? Are you vegan because you think that that's the only way to be healthy? Then we can maybe look at maybe for you adding in a little bit of fish, maybe like once a week or adding in some eggs, it might feel really good. Let's self-experiment. But on the other hand, I do have some clients who are like, I feel very strongly about this from an environmental perspective. And we work with that and we make it work. There's nothing inherently wrong with being vegan. We can just see it being done in the wrong way. Like Oreos are vegan, plain white pasta with some margarine on it is vegan, right? So you can make a very nutrient dense vegan diet. You definitely want to be working with someone though on that to make sure that you are supplementing with the right things. You're keeping up with your lab work just so it doesn't really create any problems down the line. So I think we both take the same takeaway. Like plant forward is a way to go. Meat should be secondary, but there's also ways if you do enjoy that and feel energized off that, that you can add it into your day in a really, really nutritious way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, personally, I was vegan for a couple of years in my early twenties and it was the least healthy years of my life. And I think most important because I was mainly eating sugar. I was eating Oreos, yeah. I was eating special K. I was breaking out oh, special everywhere. K, the special K diet. Speaking of, yeah, I was oh. so hungry all the time. Cause I was mainly, cause I was only eating carbs and sugar. Yeah. And I think a really interesting or important part of this too, that I know you'll have things to say about is the guilt that you feel when you're like, oh, I kind of want a piece of cheese or mm. I kind of want an egg. I kind of feel like my body's needing that, but I'm a vegan, so I can't have that. And so that's putting yourself labeled like that. I think that's more of the problematic part of it. If you can be sort of like vegan-ish without a label on it, yeah. more power to you. That's amazing. You're really honoring your body. But yeah. it's when I think we start to get really so disciplined and really more than anything, feelings of, oh my God, I shouldn't do that. I can't have that. Or feeling guilty for like wanting to have a piece of Gouda, which is delicious. That was my, that was my re-entry into eating meat and that's so <laughs> funny. Dairy was I had a piece of cheese and was like, what have I been doing? This is so- I had I was vegan. I did not last years like you did, but I did it as like a trial period with a friend in college and I lasted one month and I ended up getting so sick at the end of that month. And I came home from college because I was really not well. And my mom was like, you need food. Like I'm making you chicken soup. <laughs> and that was it for me. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and those are our experiences, right? I do have people and I work with people who thrive on this and they're doing it in a really healthy way. They're totally. eating a ton of legumes and plant-based fats and all of these great things. So there's ways to do it. You just want to make sure that you're the right kind of vegan, maybe. You know, exactly. not the way Carolyn did it back in the day. Yeah, yeah. This, but this is an example of how everyone's bodies are different. And my brother is vegan. He's been vegan for a long time, but he also your you know, pizza goes, making brother. Yeah, there's vegan pies on the on the pizza menu. No so way. I think he like swings back and forth a little bit. Sometimes he'll include a little bit of dairy, but for the majority yeah. of our lives, he just from super super young age was like, wait, an animal is a hot dog. That doesn't make any sense to me. Why I would eat that? And yeah. 
Totally. And he has to be really, really conscious of like needing super nutrients extra and like not eating pizza all day long. <laughs> also, because right. that's his job. He does have a, he's an amazing pizza shop. Shout out to Polly G's slice shop if you're in Brooklyn. <laughs> One last thing to think about with this is a lot of people feel better initially when they go plant-based if they were always skipping carbs or if they were never eating vegetables to begin with, right? So always thinking about where you started to what you switched to can really affect how you feel, right? I have some clients who are like, oh, I went vegan and all of a sudden I had this energy for my workouts. That's probably because you were so low carb before that you didn't have energy to get through those things. Or now you're vegan and you're forced to eat vegetables that you weren't eating before. And it's all about where you're starting. But this one is one that we don't necessarily think that everyone needs to be on at all, but you can definitely take some of these principles and apply it to your diet. So more plants is always going to be the next thing. The next one we have is a favorite of ours to talk about, formerly known as Weight Watchers and now known as WW with their rebrand, trying to keep up with the times where it's not supposed to be all about weight anymore. I think Weight Watchers is a really, really interesting one. I definitely think that compared to all the crazy diet plans out there, it does work for some people. It gives them some guidance that they need. Some people like having some concrete advice and numbers and things like that. But at the end of the day, what I see all the time is people are on Weight Watchers and then they don't know how to eat if they're not counting points. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it removes all of that intuitive and mindfulness. It doesn't really let you tap into things. The point system's also evolved a lot over the past 20 years, but Right now, there's a lot of free foods is kind of how they have it. And I think that's such a silly way to think about food. I think just knowing that you can have what you want, just paying attention to how you feel after it versus being like, okay, I'm going to eat a shit ton of vegetables because they're free. And also things like salmon and chicken are free. And we know that you can totally overdo it on some of those things. And it also deters people away from like healthy fats sometimes because those are more points. So like you know, you might choose a piece of chicken as a snack versus some almond butter with fruit because the almond butter has points in it, which is a little silly to me. Totally. Yeah. I see people all the time eat all their points in like brownies and then like they can't eat anything for the rest of the day. And I haven't, to be honest, had anyone on Weight Watchers come in in a long time. So I don't, I don't feel like I'm super familiar with at the moment what their system yeah. is. I did go to Oprah on the WW tour because I, a friend of mine was leading the meditations for it. So that was really interesting. It felt like a little bit cultish and brainwashy wow. uh, to me. Just, you know, when you get these huge people, people huge with massive audiences, you know, I've seen a lot of, so it's like Oprah, who else has been a spokesperson for them recently? There's just been like a lot on social media. I've seen that it's like, I think it's Daphne Oz maybe. And it's really interesting that people want to be like them. And there's a reason why these people have been on diets on and off for their whole lives. We could talk without getting into like Oprah backstory. I felt it was really interesting. She really opened up about her history of a roller coaster and yo-yo dieting. And so anyway, it's interesting to hear these people's stories. And is Weight Watchers going to be the silver bullet for life? Probably not. And something I... I specifically see that is really problematic with Weight Watchers is a lot of people were brought in with their moms at a really young age. So that to me, it's like more indicative of diet culture as a whole, but many people were brought in and like put on a scale at like seven, eight, nine, 10, like mm. that is so not okay. And no. I think they were doing something. I think it got horrible backlash last year. That was like basically Weight Watchers for kids and teens. And 
Uh, everything we want to be moving away from, hopefully as a society and people raising children to yeah. not thinking that you're, or not having your child start to think that they're relating their self-worth to a number or their progress to a number. I just also think, Carolyn, we both always talk about this. Your body is not a calculator. It's a chemistry experiment. Weight mm-hmm. Watchers makes it feel a lot like a calculator. Like your body is not sitting there adding up your points every day, right? There's a million and a half things that can go on that can change your metabolism, that can change the amount of energy you're burning throughout the day, how much you need. Weight Watchers kind of make it seem like every single day needs to be the same. And Carolyn and I both know that that is very, very not true. We talked about that in our last episode. So I think that, yes, maybe in the grand scheme of things, it's better than going on some of those crazy things like the military diet or, you know, whatever cranberry juice diet, the grapefruit diet. There's a a million and a half crazy ones we're not even touching. We're touching the little bit more sane ones that are at least getting you to eat real food. But yeah, I just think that counting points probably isn't sustainable for the rest of your life. And we want you to find the ability to eat and feel good and energized without having to do that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And it sort of takes the individualism out of it too, where it's like, okay, but everyone's given basically the same plan. That's really it. Okay. Let's move on to Whole30 and paleo, which we kind of are lumping together because Whole30 is really based on paleo eating. Yes. So these kind of diets ask you to remove gluten, sugar, alcohol, legumes, dairy, and really place an emphasis on especially Whole30, whole foods in their natural form. That's all fun and great. We are big proponents of get in the kitchen, make your own food, take ownership of it, eating foods the way they were meant to be eating versus in these really, really processed packages. That's awesome. A lot of people tend to feel really great in their first 30 days because yeah, a ton of gluten, sugar, alcohol can really make us not feel great. But what I see happen is what happens on day 31? What do you do when the plant is gone? And it really doesn't teach you that sustainability nature of it. And I also think what kind of irks me a little bit about it is that it forces people to remove things like legumes or dairy, which for some of us can actually work well. And gluten too, you know, a piece of Ezekiel bread or a slice of whole wheat sourdough works totally great in some of our bodies once in a while. And by completely removing all of those things that give us a lot of satisfaction, it can lead to overdoing it on that day 31 feeling like, okay, I did this, checked it off. Now let's go get a bagel with cream cheese and completely ignore everything that I just did. So I think from that aspect, I really don't see a sustainability factor here. Yeah. Yeah, So it's a huge elimination diet. First, let me start actually with what I like about it. First, like you said, the cooking, I also really do like that paleo really puts an emphasis on quality of meat. We know that not all types of meat, like conventional meat is not the same food as pasture raised, regenerative farm raised animals. So you end up getting actually like a different food, a different quality of food, different nutrients in it. And of course, if you're someone who is concerned about treatment of animals, which hopefully we all are, it's really, really important to go for higher quality meat. And of course, you know, the best way that best thing you can do is really go to a farmer's market or consider, you know, like a farm box that probably gets sent to you that you can keep in the freezer full of really good quality meat. And so that's something that I think paleo has really brought information to the forefront of. It's really important. We're not talking about steak is not steak. So I like that a lot in there. And it's way too restrictive. I think, like you said, cutting out beans is not necessary for everyone. Cutting out, you know, and cutting everything out at once too. Like that's a lot of food. If you're someone eating the traditional American diet, and then you go to that, 
of course, you're going to feel amazing for the month, but then it's really not all about habit changes. As you said, what happens the second month. The other thing too, so many products in the store now are Whole30 stamped approved. So you can really, similar to veganism, you can really get away with eating quite a lot of processed food that is Whole30 approved. And so I just would be really mindful of that. Often what I see is like people do the first one really hardcore. They feel amazing. Then probably regain all of the weight, go back to all the old habits. And they try to do Whole30 again in the second, third time. And it gets um, harder. It's way harder. And they're eating way more of this sort of paleo junk food. Paleo... Yeah snacks to paleo treats can be way more calorically dense and like they they'll use almond flour which we love like all of the stuff is great but like if you're using it to replace if you're eating a paleo bagel it's right. a bagel if you're eating a paleo muffin it's still probably a muffin yeah it probably is going to have less sugar but do we want to get in the habit of eating like three muffins every morning that's yeah. Not, yeah i think that's a really good point on like the baked goods kind of thing. And even like a vegan baked good that we can go back to that doesn't necessarily make it healthier. Right. So I think we try to like make sense out of all these things. And sometimes just like taking a step back, you know, if you really want the brownie, like, can you have a little bit of it? See how it makes you feel, get on with your day. So I think kind of the takeaway message from all of this for both of us is take little pieces of these diets, right? Think about with keto, can you eat more of those non-starchy vegetables? Can you include good fats with vegan? Can you make your food more plant forward with WW? I don't know what I We don't have anything to take. You know, with the paleo stuff, can you think about the quality of the ingredients? Can you get in the kitchen more? Because that really encourages you to do that with Whole30. So it's also important to remember from Carolyn and I are all about sustainability. We want to help you adapt habits that are going to stick. Our main goal as dietitians is to get you not to need us every week for the rest of your life, right? I want to teach you things like, yes, please come back in five years as things change. But hopefully there's nothing more exciting than graduating a client, right? Being like, you have the tools now, go figure it out. And if you ever need me, come back. But a lot of these things don't really teach you the tools without following something really specifically. And how sustainable is that really in the long run? Totally. Yeah. So that hopefully that sums it up. Those are the basic fad diets. There obviously are a whole lot of other ones out there that are trending. And so if there are specific yes. ones you want us to cover, let us know in the comments. And we would love to keep breaking these down for you guys and just helping you figure out a way to eat that feels like you. You no longer need to try a fad diet a couple of times a year or anything like that. It's the biggest relief in the world to like start the new year and not think about food. <laughs> yeah. And to not think about food just in general all the time. Like we're both foodies. We love food. I think going out, trying new things is so much fun. Getting in the kitchen, cooking with people you love, so much fun. And we really get a lot of enjoyment from it. But if it feels stressful and like the only thing you can think about, and if going to dinner feels more about like what's specifically on the menu versus the ambiance or the people you're with or the occasion that you're celebrating, then we got to work on that. And a lot of these diets kind of ignore the individuality of it. They ignore looking at you and your lifestyle and what you enjoy. And we want to help you find more sustainable habits. Totally. And one last thing, they can also make you a total pain in the ass too. I get to speak from personal experience. Like when I was in that vegan phase, I really think that was the end of me and my ex-boyfriend's relationship. (laughs) And and like obviously many other factors. I was going to say, I think there's got to be something else. I remember like just being really difficult to go out to dinner with. Like I only wanted to go to vegan places or I'm so all for like, if you want to make specific requests when you're at a restaurant, like go for it. But like, there's definitely a limit there. And I think I pushed that limit a little bit too. So any Thing that makes you like super antisocial too, just things to consider. And of course, they're amazing vegan restaurants. I don't mean to be specifically like hating on that at all. I do totally agree with Marissa that that can be done super healthy. It just takes intention. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be fun to like have 
a vegan meal. You know, it doesn't need to be vegan all the time, but like, I love making a dinner that's totally plant-based and it can feel really, really good and energizing. And even doing, we talk about plant-based days, you know, Meatless Monday has gotten so much traction. Mm-hmm. Try it, see love how you it. feel, you know, incorporate it a few times a week if that feels good for you and your family. And especially if you have like kids, that's such like a great thing to like get them in the kitchen too and help learn about the sustainability of food mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so our main takeaway from fad diets is skip them. If you need help, (laughs) contact one of us and we can find you something way better. So next up, we are going to talk through one new study that just came out. So there was a study just a couple of days ago in Science News, and it's talking about how mushroom consumption actually may lower our risk of depression. So a lot has been trending in the news, especially over the past year and a half when rates of depression and anxiety have really, really gone up. And Kellen and I are always big proponents of noticing how the foods you eat can really affect your mood. So we thought this study was particularly interesting. Yeah. So it seems like actually this study was done specifically more on white button mushrooms, which are really easily findable, but even the mushrooms that have even more potential impacts would be more the medicinal mushrooms like lion's mane, reishi. So we're learning so much right now about mushrooms and fungi. And so if you're curious about this, there's a great movie, Fantastic Fungi on Netflix that really brings you to like the root of how mushrooms and all of the stuff is like, really it's in, there's networks underneath our homes even of fungi. And it's just, it's like really fascinating. So both from a mood perspective, like this is awesome to know about, try to incorporate mushrooms wherever you can. And if you're grossed out by mushrooms, there's lots of different tinctures to lots of companies doing great stuff. Four Sigmatic is one that pops up in my head to that. There's another one called Ohm that makes organic powdered mushrooms and stuff too. So definitely start to try one new thing though. Don't try them all at once. I think that can be a really powerful tool of like, we are eating what we eat turns into our neurotransmitters. And it can, of course, have an impact in daily eating more plants too. We know has a big impact in cutting back on sugar, which leads to higher rates of depression and anxiety. Yeah. So I think the biggest takeaway from this is try mushrooms in a new recipe this week. And also food can really, really affect your mood. So we'll definitely highlight some more studies that show you guys a little bit of that. But a lot of times we go straight to medication with a lot of things and like maybe looking backwards. And we both love that from like a holistic health standpoint, really looking at what's going on in your everyday and how that can really impact how you feel is super important. Yeah. And there, we could talk about this for an entire episode too, like absolutely time and place for medication for certain things. Oh, for sure. And what else are you doing that can really help mood and help your energy? And can you get to the root of things? And can we really work with food? Because it is definitely a medicine on its own in its own right. My favorite medicine, if you ask me. Definitely. Well, thank you guys for joining us for another wellness wake up. We would love to hear from you. What resonated with you? Are you going to try mushrooms this week? What was your magic moment? Let us know below, subscribe, share it out, and we will see you next week. Yes. Happy Monday, guys. Bye.